Welcome to Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Your potatoes. This is your election show. Election <laughs> question mark show. Election. So we, we definitely want to start this off with prefacing that this this show is pre-recorded and this election is taking way too long. So if you know the winner, <laughs> don't spoil it for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um wow, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I this 2020 is an interesting year. And it's interesting that it's the year 2020, 2020 being perfect vision. And it's interesting that the year 2020 is when all of the world seemed to have erupted and it like a volcano that had been mushing down and then bubbling up and exploded completely. Yeah, this whole year has just been nuts. I like and to think positively that this all will eventually be for a good reason because you know very often through challenge and tragedy we get beauty and we get um positivity and peace and everything so i'm gonna keep that as one thing that i'm hoping for that i'm thinking will result and it may take years, but we'll result from all of this. Negative. I definitely feel like 2020 is a year of the pivot and we've just had to pivot and acclimate to the change and adjust all of that good stuff. And for me, I actually do feel like a stronger person. Like I've been through a lot of shit <laughs> this whole year. Yeah. All of us have been through a lot of stuff. I've been, I feel like I've been through a lot of, a lot of crap and I feel a lot stronger for it, a lot more confident in what my purpose is and what I need to do. Yep. And I do actually feel at this point in my life, I feel so much clarity. I feel like right? doors are opening. Yeah. I feel like there's so much clarity in my purpose. It's amazing and how we don't always look for it, but it comes to us when it needs to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and the election is not any different. You know, there's there's so much clarity because if we Okay, we still don't know the winner, but if there was so, a landslide right, we're the day before, yeah, and this is going to air on Friday, so you all are watching this right now, <laughs> and I can pretty much predict from now to Friday that we probably won't have any results anyway. I think we might. I think we might because while we're recording, Georgia is going to be airing soon with um, news on what's going on with their ballots. Um, but I do think that if there was a landslide, I know if there was a landslide right away from, from Biden, for example, that we all would have been like, yeah, this is awesome. But the fact that it's like creeping out so slowly, I think it's great for us to have some introspection about why, <clears throat> why uh, is the country so divided and to also make us recognize that there's so much more work to do. That so, there's no celebrating here. There's no celebrating. We are so divided. We're so down the middle. Yeah. And it's bad. It's really I bad for us. I agree with you. And it's so interesting. Um, you and I took off an entire summer. And we've both gone through so much this year. 2020, you know vision of supposed to be perfect vision 2020 and it's been <laughs> one of the most um controversial introspective 
challenging years of most people's lives. Yes. On on all ends, on young and and old. And folks that are older have said, I never would have thought I would expect this in my life. My parents had it or my grandparents had it, you know, our grandparents growing up during the depression or one of the world wars. And here we are, it's not a result of a war. It's, it's just happening and it's all over the world. And it's, it is pivot, it's change, it's mm -hmm. transformation. The word pivot is so used that it's sometimes hard to look at that and go, okay, pivot. And again, and again. <laughs> but that's like, what it is though. You know, it's like the we GPS, so recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> Constantly, we're like robots, like must recalculate. Or oh, GPS, or the but GPS, must recalculate. <laughs> I hear you and I agree with you. Um, and, and it's been said, you and I have been news junkies. We both watch all the morning programs every yeah. day. Like I'm here. I turned one and then the other. And honestly, I've been watching everything from, you know, MSNBC to Fox because mm -hmm. I want to hear everybody's point of view on it because everybody's right and everybody's wrong. It's their point of view. And what we do have to remember is this, the fact that this election is so close tells you that not just a country that has two different points of view that are pretty strong. It's not like one point of view is taking over. It's completely two different points of view. We need to come together. We have to come together. There was um, today when we're recording, <laughs> the bishop who spoke at uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding, he was on the Today Show and they were asking him, you know, what do we do about this? How, what can you offer? And he said something which you and I have talked about a lot, which many people talk about. You have to love other people as much as you love yourself. And I have forgotten that this year. I really have. I, in sometimes in some ways I remember it and I helped my neighbors and I built this bigger community in my building and then all of a sudden when the riots came and the looting happened and the summer came and we were hot and we didn't want to be in our apartments and then we got to go out and open restaurants i forgot a little bit of that and i realized that i let the community kind of go and i realized that maybe in our country a lot of us have let the community go and it became about us and what we want and what we need well and actually i think it's we didn't let anything go we became so we both you and i are, are liberals i'm comfortable with saying that yeah absolutely. <laughs> but there are people that we know that are conservatives absolutely and then there are people that we know that are trumpers you know um Ultra. i feel i feel i feel that it has revealed who people are and where they stand morally um the way they think, yeah. how educated they are on topics, it's revealed people. Yeah. And it's revealed what what and I, I hate it, I hate saying this all the time, but what black and brown people have always known. It's revealed so much. And you know, if you ask any black person right now, like, you know, can you believe what's happening? This election, they'll be like, Yeah, not not surprised. You know, yeah. and it's, it's horrible that, that it's, it's that way because they've been fighting for their rights for ages, you know, and this election 
is based on your, I know I voted for the rights of my family and my children. We're talking about black rights, women's rights, LGBTQ, right. climate change. That's how I voted. And for my family and friends, because I want people to be safe. Right. You know, but, but, but you vote one way. People, people you know didn't didn't vote like that, but it's 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 hurtful to know that people voted against my kids and my my rights. It's hurtful to feel like that. Now, because people, they're, they're people in people that you know, even people that I know, um, and and people in general, half of the country voted like that. Half and half, isn't that so strange that it it's literally it, half and half. It's insane. It's so, so close. Right now, on when we're recording, 71.7 million people have voted for Joe Biden and 68 million people have voted for Trump. Probably and the highest number in modern history for elections. That and, have voted. More yeah, people have voted than ever, which that tells you something. That's, to me, more important than anything that people, and they, they've been talking about this on all the news programs, people are using their voice yeah they're getting out there and saying i want this or i want that and they're really using their voices more than they've ever done before and not everybody because mm -hmm. not everybody voted not every single person that was eligible voted but so many more than ever before so we had 101 million people by election day early voting not counting, I think it's what was counting, counting the mail-in ballots, but right, 101 right. million people. That's never happened before. I, I am just floored that people are taking a stand. And young people, like when I went and did early voting, there were older people and younger people running the polling place. Mm -hmm. That was so beautiful to see. And I know a lot of young people, especially in where we're from in New York, stepped up and became polling site um, attendees, watchers. I don't know what the proper term is, poll workers. <laughs> uh, they became poll, they called them poll workers. Yes, they poll became workers. workers because they knew, based on what's happening right now, that you can't put compromised people in that position when all of these people are coming in to vote and yeah. boy did did it work to do early voting it fanned it out it helped people vote without feeling uncomfortable about being around other people and i watched them you watched them look i took my sticker out today you had yours on last week yeah. and um yeah it's it's beautiful to see you know, and no offense to anyone who didn't vote, but if you don't exercise your right to vote, you can't complain. You can't complain about you have, what you like, want. You have every right to say which how you feel, but at this point, like this was so divisive. If you didn't vote, yeah, yeah. Like, there's only so much room to complain about it. Yeah. And listen, you know, nobody that's not black or brown can really truly just like no one that that it, doesn't experience something in and of themselves can really understand unless they're in that person's shoes. So mm -hmm. we really, we can empathize, we can sympathize, we can listen, but we can't truly understand what it feels like to be, I know for me, I'll say me, I, as a white woman, even though my family comes from immigrants, I still cannot fully understand what it's like to be a black or a brown person 
Mm. in this world. I really cannot. And not only in this world, but in this country, because it's different for black and brown in all different countries. And it's different depending on the degree of your color. And especially I experienced that firsthand when I went to other countries and seeing the difference and how people are treated depending on the tone of their skin. Well, that's called colorism. It's it's colorism. Yeah, colorism is an implicit bias and it's discrimination within an ethnic group based on your skin color. Um, And Indians Indians do this all the time. I feel like it's perfected by Indians and it's sickening and it's disgusting. Everything from the caste system to modern modern technology with bleaching. In India, there's so many commercials about bleaching your skin. In Africa, there's so many commercials about bleaching your skin because because of colonialism colonialism from the europeans that came into these countries making it that you know being white was the preference was the hierarchy but you know what's so interesting if you look if you look around white people spend summers getting tan isn't that ironic the irony of it right i do not do that that is not something I do. And it's partly because naturally tan. Naturally tan. <laughs> I am I am not a t- I've tried in my lifetime and it could actually cause skin cancer. Yeah. Later in life. My grandmother had to have it removed a number of times from oh, her head. No. A friend oh. of mine had to have part of her shoulder taken off from skin cancer. Yeah. It's so scary. But you know, white people aren't the only ones who get skin cancer and get tan. Black and brown skin burns or tans the same. It's mm-hmm. it's no different. We but we were all the that time we, that white people spend their time going and getting tan. I just think that's so interesting. That's a level of appropriation. I got to say that. I mean, I love laying out in the sun because I love feeling the heat. I don't like it what it does to my skin after. So I like an umbrella. Uh-huh. But you know, you know. Now that we're talking, and you have to be the person. You can't actually understand. Exactly, you, you have to walk the, walk listen. in the person's shoes to really understand, yeah. or you can empathize. And yeah. I feel I feel like there's a lot of uh, em- people are lacking empathy in this country, and that's why we're not able to see the other side or yeah. understand how people are feeling. That's why people are saying all lives matter when it when we're trying to say Black lives matter. Because they don't understand, they're not empathizing with what's going on. Let me ask you a question regarding that that I know nothing about. So, Black Lives Matter. How does that affect people who are not black who are brown? Is it? Do you see it as one in the same? Yeah, it, it's a trickle down. It's a yeah, trickle it's down. A trickle down. So, if you think about, um, shit, sorry. <laughs> Who's calling you? Scam, scam like this. <laughs> I, I, I was not me. <laughs> I've been getting so many of those. So it's a trickle down thing. So, for example, voting rights um, in 1965, when we had to enact voting rights to make it okay for Black and Brown people to vote, obviously Martin Luther King, John Lewis, all our great civil rights leaders partnered with Johnson to make this happen. But the fact that they yeah. did that, it had to trickle down to the other other ethnic groups um, and empower right. other ethnic, right. ethnic groups to get out there and vote. There was no uh, voting for Latinos 
Indians, <laughs> like it, it all was a trickle down thing. Um, How long it even took women to get the right to vote? And, and white women were allowed to vote before black women on top of that. So even that Absolutely. was like a serious breakdown. I think it was white women, then Asian, Native American, then black women. Um, and you can look it up. The history you know, it's, um, well, it's, you know, what's really interesting. So I went, I went away for a week and I got to spend time with some close friends and I just needed it. I needed to get away. We all need a break. I was still working, but being in a different physical location just helped my brain and my mind. It was hard in the first couple of days. Um, we were all kind of at each other's throats pretty much. I mean, everyone was kind of, little things would trigger somebody. Yeah, uh, me in particular. Anxious. I've been having a very tough time. What, hun? Everybody was probably anxious and like riled up. Anxious, know? oh, total anxiety, total anxiety. And one thing that I found really interesting, and I, I know you're gonna love this. Um, I watched a play that was on Broadway. Apparently there were like almost 200 performances of this play called I just looked it up to make sure I got it right. What the Constitution Means to Me by this woman named Heidi Schreck. Oh my gosh. I would highly recommend that anybody watch this. Um, what was it about? She, okay. I'm writing it down. It's, it's about, It's a, yeah. And we'll put it in the notes below. What the Constitution Means to Me. She does a play where she goes back as her 15 year old self when she was doing debates. She was doing a lot of debates and she was also um, doing debates on the constitution. She loves the constitution. She speaks about it all the time. She grew up in the West. Then she goes back and she talks about in this play, she has a, a man that's on in the play with her that is like the moderator. And she talks about the different amendments as well. And she talks about what the founding fathers really meant by this 200 something year old document mm -hmm. and the different amendments and the rights specifically, she goes into the rights of women and what her great grandparents and ancestors had to go through. And then at the end of the play, she has two different, during the time of the performance, which was almost 200 performances, she has two different young women who are high school debaters, both black, come on, two different ones, come on and debate her on whether or not we should throw out the constitution or, and create a brand new one or just change it. Wow. And it's, you will love it. You need to watch it with, I know your kids will love it. I know Ava specifically will love it. Yeah. Um, I thought this was brilliant. I found, I'm gonna watch it again and again. And she debates this young woman at the end and who you, they have to choose a side by coin who says abolish, who says, you know, ratify or whatever the terms are, amend. And it's just interesting because she also talks very specifically about different amendments in the constitution and what they mean and how. And there was one particular case of a woman brought into the Supreme Court whose husband was abusing her and she escaped. And then he kidnapped her three children and killed them. And she brought and and she won, um, she won the case against the local. I believe it was the local police department. But then she the case was appealed to the Supreme Court and she lost. Oh. So basically, the Supreme Court said that this that they used the word shall as as the 
crux of the argument. And I don't know the full, I wish I had it written down before we recorded today, but everyone should watch it and really take a look at what our constitution actually means. And when things came in, mm -hmm. they couldn't have planned or predicted what the world would look like. They did the best they could with what they had. We're doing the best we can with what we have. And everything at the, you know, it's sort of like amendment, amendment, ratify, rectify, change, transform. That's what we're all doing. I'm definitely gonna look that up. That sounds very interesting. And it, it, it reminds me- once you study the constitution even more actually. It reminds me of the electoral college. So the electoral college coming back to the election again, Right. You need 270 electoral votes um, from the states in order to win. But the Electoral College was created um, to protect plantation owners. Yep. So there's a lot of oppression and racism based in the whole concept of Electoral College. I mean, should it, it be it, the Electoral College or the popular vote? Yes, shouldn't it, it just should be, be the popular vote? Exactly. It should be based on the popular vote. And that's what that it's doing what it's designed to do. It's, it's suppressing people's votes and voices because uh, the these landowners didn't want all these blacks that were now free, they didn't want their votes to matter. They didn't want their their voices to matter. So, and they wanted to make sure that their their rights as plantation owners were upheld because of, you know, of slavery and everything happening. So it's such it, an interesting. It's so interesting. I'm learning as as an adult. I'm learning so much more about history and about the Constitution and what what this country really means, what it is. Yeah, and I and it. I don't think we we taught ourselves as the greatest nation in the world, where you know freedom is upheld and enforced. But I really is it after going through so, you know, experiencing everything that we have this year and really having that introspection, I really don't feel like we're the land of the free because we're so divided. We have so many systemic um, institutions, systemic issues in our institutions and things that are put in place to suppress voices. Forget if you're black, brown, Asian, white, there's so many things to suppress people. You know, and that's not the land of the free. There, there's so much work to do. So despite who wins, like I was like prepping, like if Trump wins, I was like, there's so much work to do. I'm gonna use my voice even more. I'm gonna be out there, I'm gonna be talking. I'm gonna figure out a plan to talk about these issues. But now that the election has been so slow, I feel like I need to use my voice even more because there's so much work to do. And the fact that this whole year has transformed all of us. Nobody can say they're the same as they were last year, no matter what, because we've all gone through major change here. Mm -hmm. And to be able to now say, okay, I'm clear on my mission, what I want to do. I mean, you're still going to space eventually. You could be, <laughs> That's happening maybe now. You could be the first senior in 20 space. 20 pounds <laughs> that I gained in COVID is not going to allow me to go in space. <laughs> Oh my God, you you will go to space eventually. I know you will. You're not going to go out of this. Maybe I'll be a tourist. I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know what? Even someday you could go to space by your ashes. True. You know, at the end of your life, maybe you you send your ashes up there. You yeah, never Wade, know. Wade and I have actually talked about that. We both have talked about that. 
about how we want to go, like, you know, and how cool it would be yeah. to like have our actions. Uh, yeah, we don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Load of the world. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, it's just the conversations are happening more and more. Um, you know, we're going into a holiday season. It's now November. We have no idea how we're going to be able to all get together. We, I know. Like, I have, have you guys made a plan? Have you guys made a plan for what you're going to do? Not yet. We know we're getting together for Thanksgiving. Um, we don't know about Christmas because we have a much, much larger group that gets together at Christmas. And, you know, people are people are still nervous. They're scared. Um, you know, I don't know about your kids' schools, but my nieces and nephews um, have been sent home from school a number of different times. Another oh. friend, their kid is quarantined for two weeks because oh, there was an oh. outbreak in their school. I mean, it's happening all over. My very close friends, I think I told you, they've been on, they were on Shelter Island. Now they're in Colorado. They are now enrolling their son in school locally in Colorado Springs because their kid needs to be in person. The, mm -hmm. the distance learning is not working for him. He's frustrated. He's yeah. a kid that needs to be in front of other kids and play. And hands-on, right? So, hands-on. That's hands another thing. On, yeah. <laughs> like our yeah, school so system is, is based on the European a European style of teaching, sit at the desk, learn from a blackboard. But so many of our kids cannot do that. They're restless, He's they wanna get up, they wanna touch yeah. things. They it's yeah. it, they need to have experiential learning, you know, they need to be in it and and experiencing things in order Absolutely. for them to retain the knowledge. And Absolutely. that's another way. I know Montessori, Montessori school systems believes very much in that style of teaching and I'm not counting them, but I'm saying like, we need to reevaluate how we teach our kids also. No, we absolutely do. And you know, and it's not fair to the teachers either because these teachers are working harder than they've ever had to work to get the attention of their students where if they were in a classroom, it would be very different. And even being in a classroom is probably very scary for them. So, yeah. you know, shout out to the teachers, praise to the yes, teachers for, for all their hard work. Blessings oh to the teachers. And thank and, you for um, calling me when my kids don't submit stuff. <laughs> get those calls all the time <laughs> well it's got to be that's got to be a challenge for you too because you assume the kids are doing what they need to do but you can't always know and always assume but i think it's easier for them always to be know. proactive since everybody well my kids are all online so they're all online teachers that are doing it and it's easier for them to be like hey right after class or and then the week but think about our like fatigue that we get from being online all day imagine what the kids are going through they're getting ants in their pants i know yesterday other than the stress of the election yesterday, I told all the kids we're going to our local park. We're going for a walk. We're get, we're taking a mental break because we all yeah. need it right now. <laughs> I I have long walks every single day. Um, yeah, it's it's really really important um, yeah. to get that physical going so that you don't feel like you just are sitting there all day yeah. in front of a screen and imagine like you got to watch your neck and everything. Yeah, now. Talking about all of that like cracking. And you're right. So if you take away anything from this episode today, because we're coming to the end, de-stress, find a way to get outside, take a walk, do what Joan does. You have a dog, go walk your dog instead of letting him out. To get a dog if you don't have one. <laughs> if you have a cat, I have a cat. I go outside with him. I let him walk around the yard. Thankfully we have a you yard. Have a no, he's he's so smart and he's so good about just coming back. He'll go back to the door and be like, time to go inside. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and you know what? If we can't, if we can impart anything 
it is have patience and have kindness because yeah. we don't know what other people are going through. Mm -hmm. We can't put ourselves in their shoes. We can only listen and be there for people and have patience and kindness and know that you just don't know, don't make any assumptions on what other people are feeling and thinking and going through, nor, you know, within our own families, both of us, within our own families, we have people that are on the blue side and people are on the red side. So mm -hmm. just love them no matter what their, their choice is and let that be their choice and hope that their choice is for a good reason and your choice is for a good reason. And, you know, it's just the, the Today Show when I was, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but the bishop that spoke at Harry and Meghan Markle's you wedding, did. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's did, wedding, yeah. did I mention it already? <laughs> We're doing loops already on the show. Love each other. Let's just say it again. Love <laughs> each other as much as you love yourself and be exactly. kind. Exactly. And yeah, repeating things over and over now. <laughs> I know every show you say that and you're so right every single time we have to be kind. But to it is true because we can forget that. I mean, you and I can forget that with each other sometimes, you know, it's like really remember that you're here together for a reason. Yes. That you're brought together for a reason. No matter what happens, we love each other and we want to move ahead. Mm -hmm. And we want the best for everybody. So yep. just remember and that. And, and there's fun. a lot of work to do. So regardless of what side you're on, there's so much work to do. And it's not work where you're like pushing up against the other side saying you're wrong. It's not that type of work. It's work where we have to come together, really tackle, the, tackle, the, tackle these issues and figure out why there's so much misinformation and miscommunication in this, in this yeah. country. Yeah. And special shout out. So this is my alma mater, Syracuse University. Joe Biden went to Syracuse. Go Cuse! <laughs> yeah. well, and, and my mug today, we both have blue. We're both obviously wearing blue. Um, make it happen. Yeah. So put your thoughts and dreams and hopes out there. Don't leave this show without having hope because it can be easy to lose hope. I've lost it a number of times during COVID, but keep hope in yourself going because that's how we'll all move ahead. Exactly. So we want to thank you all for tuning in today. Again, uh, don't tell us who won. <laughs> don't blow the surprise. <laughs> yeah. But we love you all. Thank you so much. Make sure you like, share, follow us, all that good stuff. Have a great day. And this has been Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>